You are the master of your reality. This is even more true in relation to the government. Democracy doesn't just happen. It takes participation. Governments need participation and feedback from their citizens. Join Rob Hutchinson for Dear Parliament, where you get to understand the issues and engage directly with government. Dear Parliament is every Wednesday at midday, only on 101.9 High FM. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Dear Parliament. And of course, this is the show in which I attempt to bring you closer to Parliament. And I must say, we're pretty lucky to be on air today, as my bout of load jetting ended only just a few minutes ago. Yay, yay. <laughs> Enthusiastic there. Not at all. Anyway, it's it's quite quite amusing that uh, we are now forced to be to be happy and appreciative of of having simple things such as electricity. I'm sure Nikola Tesla and others must be shivering in in, in their graves at the thought of what's what's going on today. But anyway, there let there be no doubt that South Africans are in immense stress. They're without power for up to 12 hours a day. Uh, I suspect that load shedding has caused far more damage to our economy, to our currency, and to our sanity than the lockdown ever could have. And I can say that, honestly, the, the past week and a half is, has probably been the most unproductive period of my life. Well, apart from my college years, perhaps, but that's another story altogether. Now, one thing is certain that uh, during tough times, our natural survival instinct does tend to kick in. But unfortunately, not many of us can actually recognize that that instinct and that, that call and that urging that, that we feel. And we tend to just focus on the problem. I think to get through through this period and these tough times in South Africa, we definitely need to switch into a solutions-driven mode and perhaps realize that we have to somehow think of ways to survive uh, the inevitable. And what is inevitable? Well, take a look around at net news headlines that are that are all over the place right now and doesn't seem to be anything positive at all. Our government seems to be unable to deal with with matters that that have arisen and uh, matters such as load shedding has definitely been around for for many years and something that our president promised to to fix many years ago or to address many years ago when he was actually deputy president. But nothing has happened since then at all. I saw some some news today about certain parliamentarians calling calling for the axing of the management staff management staff at at ESCOM, including the CEO. I think that's a bit a bit premature. I mean, imagine if that that does happen, then we're stuck without a board while a new one gets appointed, and. That'll take quite quite a few minutes. Some time that we don't have as Africans. Not a, not only that, the new point ropes and start from scratch. It'll literally be putting us many years as as a question at all. Perhaps we just need to take a closer look at things. That that no one's going to save us. No one at all is going to save us, and we have to save ourselves. We need to ignite the community spirit, 
So I encourage everyone, and I do this quite often, get to know your neighbors, really do. Get to know not just your direct neighbors, the people on the left and the right of you, but look across the road. Look across the road, get to know them, get to know their names, get to know their, their hobbies, their, their likes, their wants, their desires. And most of all, find out if they can help and how they can uh, help as a community. Because we need to build resilience and resources. We need to become self-reliant. We need to become innovative. We need to think about the think outside that you know, I want to say electrical box, but we definitely do need to think outside of that. We need to think of solutions. We really do, and we need to think of solutions as individuals, and then as neighbourhoods, and then communities, and then into the broader the broader picture as well. So if you have any. If you have any solutions, why not send us a message? You can send a message to 34519 or send us an email at onair at chifm.com. That's com. And while you're on, on the internet and going through through your emails, if you've missed any previous shows of or previous editions of the Dear Parliament show, don't worry, you can catch up with them on Spotify or on on the Chi FM website at www.chifm.com. Now, once in a while on the Dear Parliament show, we try to bring you uh, the news behind the headlines. As as I've said before, uh, for those new listeners out, out there, if you just browse through through the news. You're more than likely just reading headlines, as as we all do. We're all guilty of that. We tend to formulate our own opinions based on headlines. And sometimes headlines can be misleading. But not to worry. You don't have to read the articles. I know there's more important things to do during load shedding. <laughs> and we'll don't worry, we'll do that for you. And today I'm joined by Hideon Jaber. He's the CEO of Dear South Africa. And we'll be going through quite a bit of news for you so that you don't have to read the, the news exactly there. But we're going, we're going to go take a different approach today. We're not going to go through all the, you know, all, all the depressing bits and all the negative stories. We're going to highlight them. We're going to talk about them. They definitely need to be talked about. But we're going to go on a more positive route here. We're going to think of solutions and sort of kick ourselves into survival mode survival mode as we all need to be in right now and believe me we can survive this we just have to work together we have to look for the opportunities that, that are out there and the beauty of a failing government or a failing state is that it creates opportunities in the private sector opportunities for people like you and me don't squander those opportunities there are many there move away from Focusing on the problems, think of solutions, and you will spot those those opportunities for for yourself. But yeah, we'll talk about that uh, shortly. You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson, because democracy doesn't just happen. Yes, and welcome back. And democracy doesn't just happen, as as I've said many times before. It takes hard work. It certainly does. But it also takes a positive attitude. We have to look at the positive things in life, no matter how tough the circumstances are. And let there be no doubt that tough times 
do spark innovation, do spark creativity, and yeah, solutions lie within within those those bits there. But today is another another edition of the news behind the headlines, and perhaps today it's the good news behind the bad headlines. So, uh, in in studio or on the line with us, I have Hideon Jabeh. He's the CEO of DSFK. Welcome to the show, Hideon. Great to have you on. Hi, Robert, and to the listeners. And it's always a pleasure and a privilege to be here. And I think let's not actually call it survival mode. I, I like to have a, a, a bit of a more um, directly involved sort of phrase for that. And let's call it uh, prevail mode because we don't just want to survive these circumstances. We want to uh, kick them to the curb and prevail over them. And I, I think that's a great start to, to having the right attitude towards nice. uh, the, the, cri- the crises we find ourselves in the midst of. It's not just one crisis, it's several. But I mean, we're going to dive into these headlines for a quick overview shortly anyway. Yeah, exactly. I think that, that's a great suggestion. There's because it's more than just surviving. We have to survive and overcome, as you said. I think that's absolutely brilliant. So, so it shall be. We'll change the tagline and get, get on with the show. <laughs> Lovely. But yeah, as you say, there's so much going on in 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 the news and in Parliament and pretty much everywhere else in the country. The big talk is obviously around ESCOM and the issues facing facing ESCOM. Uh, I was reading one one news headline. Uh, today, which was quite interesting. It talks about the problems are much greater than than just load shedding and breakdowns. There's also seems to be crime syndicates that, that are all around ESCOM, both in the coal supply chain and in procurement and even even in in mate in top top situations as well. There seems to be a big uh, thing around uh, co- uh, sorry, what is it? Uh, copper theft and cable theft, and the, all of this does create havoc and cause a major problem for for electricity generation and delivery in South Africa. Uh, I think crime is probably on the increase right right now. Overall, it's probably not just in ESCOM. What do you think? Eh? Well, de- well, definitely. If we look at our quarter on quarter crime statistics as well as the annual trends. It definitely is increasing, and we're seeing uh, especially worrying trends pertaining to serious uh, confrontational crime, uh, talking about murder, assault, robbery, whether it's at uh, residential premises or non-residential premises, such as businesses or street robbery, uh, vehicle hijackings, you know, the so-called trio crimes being those those aforementioned three. There is a strong upward trend in all of these, and it's and it's not surprising. I mean, we've had SAP's budget cuts now. I, I can't remember when they started, I think 2018. So we've had about four or five years deep into consecutive budget cuts. Uh, we've had a exodus of skilled and knowledgeable personnel from the police into the private sector and, and overseas. And uh, there's no real meaningful leadership there at all. In fact, the organization has become steadily more dysfunctional and, and even more criminally infiltrated, I think, than it ever has been. Mm. So law enforcement is in in uh, very, very deep trouble. Um, that's why it's heartening to see things like the city of Cape Town, where they've actually gotten their own LEAP officers and, and their own law enforcement elements that they're investing a lot of time and money into to fill that vacuum. And mm. 
that is what we're seeing here at the moment is we're seeing various vacuums created uh, and criminals are filling them and the load shedding situation is no no different i mean i think there was an article today about uh, towns in, in rural parts of south africa where there are these local strongmen that are supplying in inverted commas services that the government should be supplying in fact, all that's happened is they've somehow managed to co-opt these the, the service provision. They're charging residents money to have services delivered to them that they've already paid for in rates, supposedly. And these guys are building criminal empires, and there's you know there's no one going after them. So when we talk about load shedding, and this is all, or well, let's just call them rolling blackouts. That's a more accurate name. Yeah, it's the news is full of it, and we're beginning to see talk of the second and third order effects of them as well. And this is water supply. Not just the reliability of it. I think people also need to be aware that water treatment isn't working the way it should be. So can you trust your tap water? Uh, we're seeing significant traffic snarl-ups due to the havoc that, that the blackouts are having on the traffic control systems, whether we're talking here robots or other things. We are seeing police stations that aren't functional at all. I know my local police station in a very wealthy area doesn't can't operate. The phones don't work during load shedding, and the entire station's black because their generator is inoperable, um, and that's not an isolated case. So... Refrigeration is another worry, and obviously the availability of fuel. So there's, once you start letting your head go, you can see all the potential problems that flow f- out from this. Mm. But that's not a bad thing because if you've identified them, you can actually start doing something about it. Absolutely, and I mean, uh, it's interesting that you you'd say uh, the police station is down during uh, during load shedding because I'm sure the criminals now have an accurate timetable to operate to. You know, if, if your if the load shedding's down, your alarm system doesn't last for the for the entire period, especially during bouts of four and a half hours of of without electricity. It's we've, a definite problem. We've definitely seen in parts of Cape Town a notable increase in uh, robberies and armed robberies uh, and even burglaries at business premises during the day when they're in the midst of, of being blacked out. So the yeah. the guys are definitely using a timetable, Rob, as far as I can tell. Maybe not all no. of them, but they, <laughs> the the ones that are clued up are, are making sure that they they hit where they hit when, when the power's off. So that is definitely increasing the risk profile for citizens um, and residents alike, mm-hmm. whether you're a business owner or just someone who lives there. And um, I think... Yeah, we better remember criminals aren't stupid. They're very innovative, and they spend a lot of time and effort to improving themselves in inverted commas to be better criminals, right? Not better law-abiding citizens, but more efficient criminals. Absolutely. So that, what it would be actually great to actually find statistics on that on the on the crime reporting statistics as how many of these break-ins and so on occur occurred during load shedding in that in that given area. Be be quite interesting to. To find those, perhaps we should request them from our, our esteemed minister, Mr. Baker Chele, uh, who probably doesn't have them anyway. <laughs> yep, no, he probably doesn't have them, but I think it's a good idea to request. And I also think if any investigative journalists are listening, this is a great a great thing for you guys to dive into. You might find some interesting stuff, and it would be uh, well worth your time to do. Mm, absolutely, <laughs> and for listeners who. Are, are concerned about break-ins during during a load shedding when alarm systems aren't working and police stations are down. What what could they possibly do to to protect themselves or maybe feel more secure? 
So I think you already touched on this uh, just before bringing me on, and it's about your, there's several layers to it. The one is obviously your individual resilience, which is a whole deep dive conversation about strengthening your ability to um, make your, your house, your premises, and yourself safe against criminals while you're moving out around outside of it. First step to everyone is start with being situationally aware. Stop getting sucked into your, your cell phone at a, at a red traffic light or at a stop street. All your phone calls and texting can wait until you get to a safe and secure location. And guess what? Being in your car in traffic is not a safe and secure location. That's how all these smash and grab incidents uh, happen. And that's also when you're walking around in the street, when you're walking around in a mall is do you know where your nearest exit is? Do you know where your emergency evacuation plan is? If all the lights go off, do you actually have a portable little flashlight, even if it's only 50 lumens or 650 can candela bright? Mm. That's enough for you to navigate out of a place. Do you know basic first aid? It's You need to start with you, and it's improving your, your knowledge, your skills, your attitude towards the problem and being situationally aware. Then the next part is building relationships with your neighbors. Get to know them. As you say, get to know their hobbies, their interests, their concerns. Have some structure in place that you can be of mutual assistance to each other in the event of their, um, of there being trouble. And the best way to avoid trouble is if you see something suspicious – Report it to, to, to your delegated authority if, if the delegated authority doesn't happen to be you, if it happens to be your local um, community improvement district or security company. Call that in and, and follow up and make sure something gets done because if there's something setting off your, your gut feel that a person or a situation doesn't look or feel right, then there's a good chance that it's not. And you know what? Being slightly overcautious has uh, resulted in fewer problems than people just ignoring it and going, oh, it's probably nothing. That's how a lot of stuff happens. And if you if you knew how many kidnapped children are recovered annually simply because somebody saw something that they think was didn't look right and they called someone who could take action in, that's that's how these things happen. It's not because the authorities or the investigators have superhuman powers. It's because concerned ordinary people let them know or that, pick up the phone. Yeah, that, that is exactly what we should be doing is becoming more active and more engaged and more situationally aware. I think that's a great, great, great suggestion. Definitely being more situationally aware when you're driving or walking around or even alone at home is is without a doubt is without a doubt an important important part of survival tips 101 here on on Kai FM. <laughs> there's are there's quite a few uh, uh, other headlines here which also you know raise concern. And my one that I'm really concerned about here is that the uh, couple of MPs or members of Parliament are actually uh, fed up with the ESCOM board and seeking to have the management sacked over its inability to solve the country's electricity crisis. Uh, and that, a lot of the parliamentarians have called for the axing of ESCOM uh, CEO Andre Dureta and the entire ESCOM board only yesterday. Now, I'm, I'm of the opinion that that, that is that it's really ridiculous. Yeah, that's, what's going to happen? Are you going to bring in a new board, train them up, get them discover... Uh, what what's going on? Restart this whole process right from scratch again. It's going to take years, and during that time, while you have a new board, new board there, and new management in place, the the looting 
And the real problems, which we just mentioned earlier, are, are going to continue, if not increase, inc because new new blood doesn't know as much as going on. I don't know if this is such a good idea. I, th I think perhaps uh, we should be focusing more on, on strengthening the board and giving them more resources. So I'm weirdly on, on the fence on this one because I completely see your point, and I think you have one. And on the other side, I totally understand the huge amount of visceral public frustration with nothing in having improved essentially in the past four or five years. And in fact, that we're sitting now at record-breaking levels of rolling blackouts. The issue, of course, is central to the fact that we have a centrally government-controlled power utility. That's the only one that is allowed by law to generate and sell electricity to citizens. And it has had so many failures baked into it since its creation decades ago. And these th these chickens are all coming home to roost now. So I think perhaps conversations about whether or not boards should be fired or reappointed or strengthened uh, is almost irrelevant in the sense that as long as, as the central government are the only ones that, that are allowed to generate electricity, we're going to have this problem in one shape or another, probably in perpetuity. And, and the only real answer here is for the government to let go. To let go and say, you know what, we can't have a monopoly on power generation. It's completely failed. And this is now time for the private sector and private providers to step in and, and start solving it. I mean, oh. there, there are many disingenuous arguments about why the private sector can't be trusted. But here's the thing. I'm not on the phone with you now because I have a state internet provider. My cell phone SIM card is not provided to me by a government-controlled communications entity. I don't refuel my car at a government-controlled filling station. And for the most part, I don't uh, drive a car that's been provided to me by the government. Most of my daily activities that, that work most seamlessly are all private sector provision. That's finding a way to get these products and services to me. Electricity really is no different. It's only different if we have to become really dishonest about our, our argument. I totally agree on that. I think privatization is definitely the way to go. And you you kind of wonder why, well, if, if, we, if we're talking about the appointment of the board being being the problem, then perhaps it's the people who appointed the board that, that are the problem because they had every every opportunity to appoint a an efficient board and one that knows what it's doing there several years ago why haven't they done that and how many changes in management have we seen over, over the years there's clearly a problem outside of, of that entity and we know Ramaphosa was tasked with uh, fixing up ESCOM and he promised to have it done as, as far as back as 2014 he he was tasked with fixing up ESCOM SAA and I think the post office <laughs> and you know, all three of which have failed. So yeah, I think we need to start looking at, at the top, top management. And when we say top, top management, we're not talking about the board of ESCOM. We're talking about those who appointed appointed that board. But yeah, there's, there's so much that, that needs to be done there. And quite honestly, I don't think we're there, there are any solutions in sight, not, not in the short, in the immediate or short term anyway. Uh, what... What solutions lie ahead for, for South Africans besides uh, stocking up on solar panels and and so on? So the, the, this is the thing. And uh, as much of a – excuse me, I have to sneeze. Or nearly did. As much <laughs> of a fan as I am – 
excuse me, as much of a fan yes. as I am, it's this is how I can tell it's spring. The hay fever is starting. Um, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of solar, but I kind of worked it out that for me to take my entire house off grid, just as a as a single household without huge electricity usage, is going to cost me the same as paying sixty six years worth of electricity uh, <laughs> at current prices. So I'm rather dubious, and this is probably going to upset a lot of people. I don't think I'm not remotely convinced that so-called renewables are cost-effective at all. Uh, at larger scale, you'll probably realize some form of economies of scale to make it slightly cheaper, but uh, it's it's not going to work. So the, the real solution here is we need the private sector to come in and start building power plants, whether it's coal, gas, nuclear, stuff that's not being controlled by the government and that can competently provide electricity. So the first thing we need to do to get that is to get really angry about the situation and start making our voices heard and put relentless pressure on every single political party, not just the ANC, but the opposition as well, in order for them to understand that this is what the citizens actually want and that this is the rational way out of it. But up until then, that we're talking here years down the line. For the interim period, if you want to make a difference to your life as to try to get through the situation one piece, uh, I'd recommend getting something uh, not too expensive like a gas hob so you can at least boil water and cook food on gas. There are so many rechargeable lighting solutions that are also not bank breaking at the moment that are more than good enough for you to keep the house, the lights on both inside and outside your house because during blackouts, the houses that can keep their outside lighting on to some degree or another are the ones that don't get robbed and don't get burgled. So outside lighting is as important as inside lighting at night. With regards to fuel, we can't be 100% sure that we'll always be able to pump it. So I recommend people keep their fuel tanks in their cars about three-quarter at the three-quarter mark, or no lower than that, wherever possible. And if you can afford it, maybe two jerry cans of fuel just in case of emergency will get you far. We can, have a whole, we can have a discussion about water purification as well. There are many ways of doing it, and, and I'm not going to Google them all for you now, but there are ways you can make water safe to, to drink or to cook in because, as I said, we, we might be a bit concerned about our water quality right now as a result of this stuff as well. Mm. That, that is something that many people have overlooked. Is it's not just the supply that, that's under threat during, during load shedding. I'm not, I'm not sure if most people know that the, it requires electricity to operate the pumps that pump the water up into the towers to create the pressure. And if, obviously, if that's not running, then once the, the water towers run out of water, that's it. Your water supply is cut. And that can happen pretty pretty rapidly, depending on, on circumstances. So it's, it's, it's not just the water supply, but it's definitely the quality thereof as well. Water treatment plants, um, many, many of them are failing in most municipalities already, but load shedding definitely shuts that operation down. So we might see uh, terrible water quality, unhealthy water, and so on. But, you know, Hidden, what, what does concern me is quite, quite a few people have overlooked the fact that um, your battery backup system that, that you mentioned here for lights and to, to run a few things in the house require charging, charging from the mains. Now, the danger there is that you could have 
a situation where um, load shedding comes back on or load shedding ends, your electricity comes back on, and there's a massive surge in, in power because you're not only now running your house, but you're also replenishing your batteries. So that's it. Inverters and battery storage systems could actually be placing an extra load on 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 ESCOM and the delivery of power, which is just means which means ESCOM is in has to supply more. They can't supply more, so people get more more inverters, and then it's just a downward spiral. Rather, rather concerning indeed. That's it. And to be honest, I can't blame people because you know. <laughs> We keep getting told we need to use less electricity and less electricity. And my question is, well, okay, but where where are we bottoming out? Is it like pre-industrial revolution era where we're running everything on candles and, and agar stoves that we, we, we like wood burning and that we might have like one LED lamp hanging from the from the ceiling? Or what is what is the end game here? Because the government is mandated to provide sufficient electricity because that's how they got the monopoly on the provision and they're failing at it. And now as people are trying to cope with it, as you rightly point out, it's actually just exacerbating the situation by multiples. So stage eight or stage six or stage three rolling blackouts aren't going to solve this because the worse the blackouts get, the more the spike of people charging their batteries are going to be when they do have electricity. It's it's, uh, (laughs) – It's a bit like uh, as you get the Laffer curve for tax, you're going to get the Laffer curve for electricity usage. And I push the load shedding schedule, the more electricity people are going to end up using when they exactly. when they do have it to just keep keep themselves going through the day. <laughs> that definite down, downward spiral. You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson, because democracy doesn't just happen. Welcome back to Dear Parliament and today we're chatting to Gideon Jaber and getting a look at the news behind the headlines and focusing on a theme of survival or what was it Gideon? What was the other word? So prevailing rather than surviving. Yeah, surviving and then prevailing <laughs> or is it just prevailing <laughs> who knows but anyway it is it is the right way right way to go think positive instead of negative and spot those opportunities now another you you mentioned earlier on um about process uh, private uh, providers and being way better than, than government but government tends to interfere in in private uh, situations especially through through sometimes overbearing regulations and you know going through what's before parliament right now i see there's a lot about mobile broad broadband access uh, communications infrastructure and extended public works program so there seems to be a, a great move here by government to bring in um a 5g uh, there's, they've opened up the uh, comment period for the uh, spectrum allocation, which definitely proposes uh, allocation for 5G and for allow those players to come in. They've also put in a notice which uh, plans for a second phase of the licensing process on on 5G and fifth generation uh, communications, and also something which popped up uh, last year is the Department of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs is called for public comments on a draft standard municipal bylaw 
which is intended to facilitate the rapid deployment of electronic communication infrastructure and ensure uniformity in context of related competencies, laws and developmental obligations. What they're trying to do here is alter uh, municipal bylaws to allow for the installation of, of new generation cell phone towers on private properties. There was a bill out last year and we felt that it in, infringed on private property rights. Uh, there's a definite move here. How they're going to accomplish it without powers is, a, is another story altogether. But <laughs> what are your thoughts on, on, on this new move here by government? Well, there seems to be a lot of, and it's and it's something that we've seen in a few bills now, and it's and it's again the new example is the expropriation bill, which the portfolio committee has now accepted the process mm -hmm. of, even though it kept a that 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 clause of nil compensation, which is deemed quite broadly to be wholly unconstitutional. In uh, there, there seems to be an almost sort of <clears throat> knee jerkery in several directions at the same time. Of okay, we need regulations for X, Y, Z. And, and W as well while we're at it, and we need them as soon as humanly possible, these things get drafted up. And in the process, you end up, as, as the specific one with regards to the rollout of cell phone towers, essentially on private property without the permission of the owners, it just sort of runs roughshod over the constitutional rights of citizens mm -hmm. in the process where there's no need for it at all. I mean, clever drafting and and uh, writing of legislation could avoid all these issues and uh, for the most part they could be avoided by just actually speaking to the stakeholders before writing legislation as as part of the public participation process or, or the ongoing element of public participation it's not just one element to it it's an ongoing constant thing so unless there is some sort of ideological driver that you know screw private property rights we just we do what we feel like and 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 there's an element to arrogance of that that we have unfortunately seen demonstrated a few times most of government's problems pertaining to resistance to legislation are self-induced by poor consultation not being transparent and just trying to push silly things like that through for example that thing gets pushed back and as you rightly say it's like it's this need for regulate regulating everything almost almost to to death we have a thriving so-called illegal cigarette market in south africa today that rivals most uh, contraband controlled substances not because we've made smoking illegal, but because we've taxed uh, so-called legal cigarettes to such a high threshold that it becomes profitable for you to just sm <laughs> smuggle contraband in and sell it, which is a ridiculous concept that the state can actually tax a product into the black market. It's the same with regulations of private electricity provision in the event of it happening, and if they over-regulate it, it'll, it'll kill it in the, uh, before it even gets to the cradle. Exactly, and I think that's that's what's happening in, in many local municipalities, wanting to charge you a usage fee or installation fee just for having solar panels. That's that's still on, on the cards, and probably exists already in 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 your bills. You see all these weird levies and and charges and connection fees, which make absolutely no sense whatsoever, especially if you're not getting a supply of electricity, or even if you're off grid, you still have to pay those connection fees and 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 so on. Uh, it's. I think there needs to be a total relook of of the way local legislation is is drafted, and look at the big picture. Otherwise, this is all going to end in disaster, as 
as supply de- or as demand decreases, which it will with more people going off off grid, then the obvious solution for for government is to add on more levies and stable costs, rather counterproductive at the end of the day. But I suppose they have to stay afloat. That that's that's the problem. Well, in fact, they don't. I think that's also a problem that we we. we we're possibly attacking from the wrong direction is the fact mm. that we have an overgrown, severely bloated government that's far too big for for the size it should be, especially for a, a developing economy like South Africa. And uh, instead of, of cutting down on uh, and tightening its own belt, we're looking at a government is trying to find ways to expand its re- revenue, which considering our economic contraction and other issues that we have just doesn't exist. So we're trying to create money out of thin air. And it will reach a point of almost forced, on this trajectory, I'm pretty sure and confident of it, a forced point of of civilian or civil disobedience where people, because they can't afford to pay it, are just not going to be paying these rates. They're going to find themselves disconnected. But because they are semi-self-sufficient, they're going to carry on anyway. And it will become this stalemate Mexican standoff between local municipality and the millions of of residents in in some of the metros. And unless certain political parties play that very carefully, it might uh, cost them dearly at at the next municipal elections as well. So it becomes a hot-button social and, and political issue very, very quickly. And I sometimes wonder if, if that due cognizance is given to that. Mm, probably not, not in any way at all. But it, is, it does raise a good point again, which uh, we raised early, early on right at the beginning of the show, is that getting to know your neighbours, building a community and and so on is, is the way to go. You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson because democracy doesn't just happen. And welcome back. And if you missed today's show, don't worry, you can catch up with the podcast, which will be available shortly on the Chai FM website at www.chaifm.com and also on Spotify. Gideon Jube, always fantastic to have you have you on the show. And what a what a what a change in show today with many positive solutions in our in our survival program today. Survivor. We are staying on the island. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So I think Hidoni, if if we want to catch you again, where can we where can we hear some more of your ramblings? So uh, the Dear South Africa uh, weekly live stream, which is kind of like an irregular bi-weekly one uh, where we address various topics, we're definitely going to have a, a proper one next week. This one was kind of – this week was a hard one to set up because load shedding was just ruining everything, including my internet connection. But uh, we have a weekly bi-weekly live stream. DRSA is quite uh, – active on social media and our telegram group on our facebook page and on our um twitter account but the best place to get us is still our website which is drsa.org or just google us dear south africa and find us there fantastic fantastic and yeah always have your say get engaged get involved and once again get to know your neighbors get to know their names and build a community and stop relying on government because the people who created the problems won't ever come up with the solutions. And that brings us to the end of our show today. 
And thanks for listening. And thanks to everyone who made made the show happen. And thanks to our fantastic guest, Mr. Kirion Jubey, CEO of Dear South Africa. And on that note, always remember to stay democratically engaged, active, and responsible. Ciao for now. <laughs>